0: Thank you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc. Enjoy the message. Man, man welcome to Avenue Church. Again, my name is Pastor Jeremy, along with my wife. We just have the honor of pastoring this amazing church, All right, And so I think it's the best-looking church, too. Come on, look around. Come on, somebody. Favor and fair. Favor and fair. But again, if you're new here, welcome. We're so glad you're here. Can we just clap if you're new? Thank you so much. For being here. And we are just two years old as a church. And how many know? God's just getting started. He ain't playing around. And man, we're excited what God is doing. But before I jump in, I would love to share just real quick this week. Uh, about 17 pastors and leaders, we all got together for some coffee. You know that was anointed, right? And so we had some coffee at Public Us uh, down, downtown Las Vegas. And here's what I love, what God is doing, is we got together, we talked about social media, how to impact our city and our communities around us. I was able to share on all the things we do for Avenue, and I placed it in their hands, said, so, hey, this is what we do, because we want to equip one another. And what I love about Las Vegas is that we are no longer competitors, but we are now partners in bringing the gospel to our city. So can we give it up for all those churches? And I just love it. I think God's doing something pretty cool in the city of Las Vegas. But let me jump right in and look at that handsome man behind me. Oh, uh, the guy in the red, the guy in the red. That's my friend, Dajel. And so go ahead, and take that down. But Welcome to Avenue Church. If you're new here, that's about as good as it gets, all right? That's it. But we're in a series called Miracle Mile. Miracle Mile. we got some great shops on the strip called Miracle Mile. Never been there, all right? But this series is a lot better than the Miracle Mile we know here in Vegas. Because I believe many of us, we're going to go on a journey, and we're going to begin to experience God. Through miracles, and so the Bible has 34 recorded miracles in the Gospels—Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John—and so we're going to spend 34 weeks in that. I'm kidding. We're going to spend—we're going to spend our time in the Book of John because the Book of John has seven recorded miracles. Four of those that we're going to go through. The last three are actually combined because it's the greatest miracle we've ever seen that ever hit this planet, which is the death, the resurrection, and the ascension to heaven through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And so it's going to be fine because we're, we're launch padding right into Easter Sunday. And I'm excited what God's going to do because every year more and more people begin to know God begin to find freedom, begin to discover purpose, and truly make an eternal difference. So that being said, can we give up for our A-team? Thank you guys so much. Every Sunday, every week, even my wife is serving at Avenue Kids, my seven-year-old, he, had turned, he attends first through fifth. Now he's like a Avenue Kids leader, he's got the badge on, and he's helping in the younger classrooms, why? Because our kids can make a difference. Can I get an amen? And so we're in the Miracle Mile series, and so last week we talked about water into wine. And the reason why we're going through every single miracle, if you if you were not here last week, I'm going fast, I'm excited. But if you weren't here last week, it's really cool how we took how Jesus took water into wine. But why does that matter to us today? What does that mean to me? And so I encourage you to go on our podcast, go on our YouTube channel, begin to watch that message from last week. But here's what I believe, and this has been my prayer. My prayer is that as we continue to read about miracles in the Bible miracles that Jesus performed, miracles because of people's faith. My, my prayer that during this series, through the next couple of weeks, every single Sunday, that my, my, my prayer is that as we begin to read about miracles, we're going to see miracles here at Avenue Church. We're going to see people healed physically, spiritually, emotionally. We're going to see people that aren't here that we're standing in the gap for. And we're praying, God, I have a friend in the hospital right now. God, I pray at 11.23 a.m. he's been healed and touched by the power of God. How many believe that God still does miracles? And so this is a loud church. You can say, come on, somebody. I'm also hard of hearing. You're like, is this guy, is he charismatic? No, I'm deaf. All right. So just holler at me. And so this is what we're going to dive in. Because I want to encourage you, every miracle we read about is a sign that points us back to Jesus. Here at Avenue Church, during the series, we don't seek miracles. We seek God. But here's what I found, the longer we begin to know God and find freedom, the longer we begin to know God, the more we realize we're actually in the middle of miracles every single day. And so what God did back then, God wants to do it now. He wants to do it here and today. We believe that the Bible continues on and that God still does miracles at Avenue Church. So I'm going to dive right in. I'm going to go quick. If you got your phones with you, you can go in your you, you version app. If you have an Android, just sit back and relax, all right? It's going to take some time to load. Uh, if you got a paperback, you can get your paperback going. If you can Facebook, you don't have to Facebook down here. You can Facebook right here. Check in at Avenue Church. Use notes on that app. Instagram, Snapchat. I don't know what else there is. YouTube. But we do have a lot of bootleggers. I love the bootleggers in here. Facebook live in it like this. And that's cool with me. Just give me some proceeds to that. All right? I'm playing. And so here's John chapter 4, verse 46. Y'all ready? I'm excited. So the first miracle was he turned water into wine. So here's the second miracle that Jesus performed. It says this, once more, Jesus, he went to visit Cana in Galilee, where he had turned water into wine. And there was a certain royal official whose son laid sick at Capernaum. At Capernaum. So Jesus is here in Cana. His son is sick in Capernaum. When the man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and he begged him to come heal his son who was close to death. And So this is like a bad sick. This is the real deal. And Jesus says this, unless you people— sometimes, I want to encourage you, sometimes it depends on how we read the Bible. Do we have our grace lens on, or do we have Jesus as a mean God lens on? And so here's Jesus. Remember, he's a God of grace and mercy, and he says this, unless you see signs and wonders, Jesus told them, you'll never believe. I believe that's an insight for us today. That Jesus says, unless you see it, you'll never believe believe it. And then it says this, the royal fisher said, sir, sir. He even knighted him by his words. He said, sir, come down before my child died. He's relentless. He doesn't stop. And Jesus says, go and your son will live. Go. So the royal fisher said, I need you to come. Jesus says, Go, gives him a word, and I love this right here. I believe right here, this little sentence can change your life. It can change my life. It can set me up for miracles. It said, the man took Jesus at his word and left. He didn't say, give me a guarantee. Give me a little something. Here's water. Turn that to wine. I need something. It said, he took him by his word, and he departed. When When he was still on the way back home, his servants met him halfway with news that the boy was healed. The boy was living. I love this. This is what he does. He doesn't just go, Yes, awesome, God's great. He says, Wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. What time did he get better? And they say he got better yesterday at one in the afternoon. The fever left him. He was totally healed. And the father realized that this was the exact time which Jesus said to him, your son will live. So he, and here's reason. Every time there's a miracle, a miracle is a sign that points us back to Jesus. And so here's a supernatural miracle. And it said he and his whole household believed. Amen believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that Jesus is going to die and He's going to rise again. That's what miracles do, but listen to this. It's set at the exact same time. This is where many of us, we give up. We say, God, heal me. God, touch that person. God, over there. And we walk away totally discouraged, totally upset. But here's the thing that we don't know. We have no idea what God is doing behind the scenes. We have no idea what God is doing that we cannot see. So I'm excited because God is going to do miracles at Avenue Church. God's already doing miracles at the 930 service up here. People are getting prayed for. People are taking that step. Of faith, so let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you. Thank you for your word. That your word is real, it's living, it's active. That Father, I thank you. That when you walked on this earth, you left us stories of your life that we can learn from. In Jesus' mighty name, and I pray my bracket wins at March Madness. In Jesus' name, Amen. (laughs) Praise God. Did did that speak to anyone else, or just me? I was like, is this soccer? Well, I don't know what it was. I have a seven-year-old son. Uh, his name is Levi. And uh, we, we were having uh, dinner one night with a young couple that's just been married for about a year. And so it was a great young couple. And, and so we were just having dinner. And also, my son kind of chimes in and he goes, Excuse me, to this young couple. And he goes, How come you don't have any kids? And I was like, Ooh, okay. You know, like, I need to back out of this one. Uh, yeah, uh, Levi, that's, that's rude, right? That's parents, like, Stop it. Yeah, why don't you have any kids, right? Like, like you have cable? What's going on? And so my son goes, how come you don't have any kids? And they've only been married a year. And, and so she goes, well, Levi, we're, you know, we're, we want to have children. And, 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 and she said, we're trying. We're going to try to have kids. And the second thing, my son goes, he, he says this. He goes, well, you're doing it wrong. I said, <laughs> I'll be right back. You know what I mean? Like, I, That's where I play the deaf card. woo, woo. <laughs> <laughs> I, wh- what do he say <laughs> and so he goes well you're doing it wrong I was like right and she goes well, what do you mean Levite I was like don't don't walk into that don't do it she goes well what do you mean Levite he goes you're doing it wrong she says you have to pray and God will give you a baby and I said oh thank you Jesus <laughs> He says something holy, right? <laughs> but you know why Levi said that? Because he knows his story. He knows that my wife and I, we tried to have children for many, many years, and he knows that he's a miracle baby. That we have pastors and friends and mentors praying over my wife and I that someday we will have a child. So he knows that he's a miracle baby. And here's what I love: that Levi believes with all his heart, he believes in his eyes, God does miracles. In this day and age, he will do a miracle. But Jesus said, unless you see, you won't believe. And so here's my encouragement for you today, It's point number one is, no, excuse me, I'm gonna back up. Here's my point today. Jesus said, unless you see, you won't believe. Believe has to come before seeing. It has to take place. The man took Jesus at his word. And I believe if we take what the Bible says and we say, God, your Bible is living. It's active. It's true. It's for my life. I believe we'll start seeing miracles. So if you're taking notes, all right, I can finally say it, all right? If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. How, what do we need in order to see miracles? What do we need in order to see miracles? Miracles. I want to just write this down. Number one, according to this Bible story in John chapter four, number one, we need a reaction. We need a reaction. Now, some of you guys here, maybe you grew up in church and you're saying, Yeah, but Pastor Jeremy, the, the, the Bible says that faith without action, faith without works is dead. I want to challenge you today. The true test of our faith is not just in our actions, but also in our reaction. I've seen some people's reaction it can be kind of scary. You know, a few years ago, I played um, uh, coed ed um, slow-pitch softball. And so I would play coed slow-pitch softball, and I would join a team, and it was super fun. I would join with some guys from the church, and then some other guys and gals that were not a part of any church. I loved it, because I was in Canedo, all right? Nobody knew I was a pastor. It was like, pastor, like, to say Jeremy. And so we had a good time on the team, and I remember I was at second base. They threw me at second base, and uh, I have ADD, all right? I'm, I'm not claiming that, but I'm just saying. I have ADD, and so I was getting a little bored on second base and sitting there at slow pitch. And uh, I remember standing there and watching this guy getting kind of tired. It was on a Sunday night after preaching all day. And I remember watching the guy bat. And then I was like, oh, squirrel, right? Yeah, man. Looking at the guy, you know, and uh, hey, how you doing? You doing good? That's yeah, good to see you, man. And so I'm trying to focus. And all of a sudden, I look away and I notice something and I hear a crack of a bat. Boom! when I hear the crack of the bat, I'm hearing all kinds of things being yelled. But your boy's deaf. And so I'm hearing all kinds of stuff being yelled. At. And then the moment I looked up, the ball's coming right at me. It's a beeline drive right at me. And my first thought was, Ooh, right? That was my first thought. My second reaction was I put my glove up right away. And I thank you, Jesus, I did that. Because I'm not that good at baseball. I would have been like catching my face. But my reaction was, I put it in my glove. It hit my glove really hard. It bounced up, bounced back down. There's a guy on second who wasn't touching the base. And so when it happened, my reaction should have been to take him. But my reaction was this, I almost died. <laughs> <laughs> I'm grateful that was my reaction. But listen to me, church. It's all good when you're believing God for more. But i want to ask you, what is our reaction when surprises come our way? What's our reaction when that knee-jerk moment just happens? When tragedy strikes, how do we respond? I want you to write this down today. It is easier to act like Jesus, but it's much harder to react like Jesus. Why? Because I believe we're ready. I'm going to go to work today, and I'm going to be godly. And how many know, that's hard in itself too, right? I'm going to be a man of God. I'm going to be a man of God, you know? And that, that coworker walks in, I'm not going to be a man of God today. But I believe with all my heart, it's easier to act like Jesus, but it's so hard to react like Jesus. When chaos happens, when a tragedy shows up, when we're not ready, here's Joseph's reaction to when his brothers sold him into slavery. His brothers threw him in a pit, pulled him out. They said, let's kill him. Then they sold him into slavery. And here's his reaction when he's the the second in command over all the land. And the brothers show up because they're starving and they're hungry and they don't recognize him. He says this, you intended to harm me. Here's some payback, right? Here's what Joseph said. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. That the stuff I went through, I'm glad I went through it because it developed my character. It helped me in my faith. I began to see miracles in my life. But it tended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. I'm here to tell you, you know, the royal official, he came from Capernaum all the way to Cana. It didn't say he had horses or chariots. Maybe that's how he typically traveled. But remember, he broke protocol. So many believe he walked on foot. And so from Capernaum to Cana, is exactly 20 miles. You know, just this week, I um, serve on an amazing soccer team called the Hawks, undefeated, right? Two and zero. Right now, I'll give you weekly updates here at Avenue Church. If we lose, I ain't telling you, all right? <laughs> and so, from Mountain's Edge, I Googled the directions all the way to the game on Saturday. And from Mountain's Edge, how many know where I'm at? To Aliante. Where's my Aliante people at? Woo, woo, right? Whoop, whoop. Where's my Henderson people at? How many know this city's small? It's small, right? And so I Googled it. From Mountain's Edge to Aliante. some of you guys are like, why are you drive that far? I'm dedicated, all right? And so from Mountain's Edge to Aliante, my Google Maps said exactly 20 miles. And I thought, man, it takes me, what, 40 minutes, 45 minutes to drive from Mountain's Edge, which is this mountain, to Aliante, which is that mountain, from city to city, right? South, all the way to north, it takes me 45 minutes to drive. How long would that take for me to walk? I'm here to encourage you today. How far will we go for a miracle? Will we go The distance. Will we imagine walking that distance? for a miracle. There's another Bible story about a woman with the issue of blood. She had an issue of blood for many, many years, but she heard that Jesus was in a house nearby, and the house was full of people. Here's what I love. Sometimes we get used to our pain. Sometimes we get used to just living this way. But when desperation sets in, she said, enough is enough. I'm tired of having this issue. I'm tired of being sick. So she goes into the house. Remember, the house is full of people. And she said, if I could just get to the hem of Jesus's garment, even theologians believe she had to crawl. She was in such pain. She would crawl through the crowd, and she believed I could just touch the hem of his garment. His garment wasn't holy, like this shirt's not holy. Well, it's kind of holy, right? Because... (laughs) And so when she touched the hem of his garment, the Bible said power came out of Christ and healed her. God gave her a miracle. But here's what Jesus said to his disciples. He said, who touched me? And his disciples were like, Jesus, like everybody's touching you right now. It's a mosh pit in this place. It's a terrible concert, right? Everybody's packed into the house. But you know what Jesus said? Jesus said, no, someone who was desperate touched me and power came out from me and healed her. I believe we need to be desperate for a miracle. There's another story of a blind man on the side of the road, and he was blind for many, many years, blind from birth, and he heard Jesus coming along the road, and when he heard Jesus, desperation set in, and he said, enough is enough. Why do I have to be blind? Why can't I see? And so he began to lift his voice and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And you know what his friends did? The crowd said, shh, shut up. Be quiet. Don't interrupt Jesus. Don't interrupt the servant. Don't raise your hands. Don't come up for prayer. And the blind man said, no, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, stop everything. You know God will stop everything just for you. And Jesus called him near him and healed him, and his eyes was completely restored. But I'm going to ask this question, why do we give up so soon? As I begin to study miracles, and God does miracles, and I believe signs and wonders follow those who believe. I'm beginning to ask myself this week, why do we give up? And the only conclusion I could really think of is we have a fear of failure. Yeah. There's so many times we say, God, I have faith. God, I want to be healed. It's not like we go before God and say, It'd be really cool if you healed me. You know, like, I'm good though, it's cool. But fear of failure sets in, we're afraid. That we'll allow fear to keep us from praying for a miracle. Because we think that if it doesn't happen, we failed. And here's what I believe. I believe I'm going to set so many people free today by saying this. Listen to me. Prayers are never failures. Can I get an amen right there? Prayers are never failures. Because the answer is not up to us. It's up to God. And so every time we pray, we're not failing if it doesn't get answered. But I'm here to encourage you today. The only way we can fail is by failure to ask. Man, let's keep asking. Let's keep praying. If you're tired, I'm going to keep praying for you. Why? Let's do this together. Say, God, I have a holy desperation. I believe God still does miracles. But I'm going to keep praying. I believe God needs a problem, but God wants desperation, but our reaction determines the course of action. That God, you are great. You do miracles so great. So, number one, we need the reaction. Number two, we need desperation. But number three, we need anticipation. You know, there's power when we're anticipating miracles at Avenue Church on Sunday morning. There is power. We'll be driving the car, and we come here, and we say, God's going to do something amazing in my life. Today, there's power when we have anticipation. I believe miracles are all around us, that the supernatural should start becoming natural. So, Pastor, how do I anticipate a miracle? What do I do? Do I get myself all amped up on Sundays? Do I get all crazy and excited, shout you down Jericho, Mark? Let me give you some points. Number one, how do we anticipate miracles? Number one, we need to see them. We need to see them before we see them. We need to see them before we see them. I believe there's no coincidences, only providences. I believe there's no accidents, only divine appointments. That you might have to see it before we actually see it. What do you mean by that? I mean that by the time you're walking in the grocery store. I had to go to the grocery store yesterday. It was terrible. It was demonic. I I got out of there. I did it. When we go to the grocery store, my mindset is, okay, I'm going to get in there. I'm going to get my five items or six items because I'm the dude, right? I'll get my five or six items. I'll get in there, and I'll do it in record time, right? I'll do it in three minutes, 0.2 seconds. I'm going to fly in there, fly out. Nobody nobody better be at the self-checkout aisle because i got stuff to do. But what if we took a moment to walk through a grocery store and begin to see the need in every aisle? What if we went to the cashier? If she checked this out, we'd begin to see the need. What if we begin to see the miracle before it even took place? The Bible says faith is the evidence of things we cannot yet see. I want to see miracles everywhere that I go. Because Jesus says something we need to hear today. He says, unless people see Signs and wonders—they'll never believe. How many more? Let's switch that around. When we believe, we will see signs and wonders. I'm ready to see God do what only He can do at Avenue, at the grocery store, at your workplace, in your family, in your marriage, in your in your bodies. I'm excited to see what God's going to do. But number two is we need to seize them. We need to seize the miracle. See, listen to me. It's God's job to set up the miracle. And I believe with all my heart, if we slow down, if we anticipate miracles, we're going to see them more and more. We're going to see God setting it up. Because here's what think about God. This is why I believe. God normally is not just going to swoop down and go, all better. Because God loves people. God loves people so much that he wants to use people to lay hands on the sick. God wants to use people to speak a word of life to that stranger. God wants to use people to see miracles. See, it's our job to seize them. But so many times, here's what happens, is we're so afraid of taking that first step. You know, many of us in this room, will take the first step if we can see the second step. Can I get a witness, somebody? Right? God's only going to give us the first step. Because the second step, we can't see it because it's called faith. To say, God, I believe. I'm going to go out for prayer. That's the first step. I'm going to give my life to Jesus. Maybe that's the first step. When I go out there, I'm going to be ready for an encounter for miracles. See, you may not be right where you want to be, but God can use you right where you are. So don't allow divine appointments to get in your way. Because I believe God is setting up appointments along the way. Don't be in such a hurry to get where you're going that we miss miracles. Even miracles that might be out of your way. I love this poem. this quote that Dr. Richard Halverson, he would say to his class every single day before they left. This is what he said. He said, you go nowhere by accident. He said, where you go, God is sending you. Where you are, God has put you there. That he has a purpose in your being there. That Christ who dwells in you has something he wants to do through you and where you are. What a great reminder is that today. He said, believe this and go in his grace and his love and his power. And as I was reading that story, I was reminded of another story in the Bible where a servant came of a centurion, another royal official. The servant came to Jesus and said, Jesus, listen, one of my master's servants is sick. And Jesus said, okay, where is he? Let's go. I'll pray for him. And he says, no, 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 Jesus. You don't need to go there. We just need a word. We just need for you to say it. He goes, here's the reason why. is because my master, he's an authority figure. He has servants that are under him that whatever my master says, it happens. It gets done. If my master says, I want you to go from there to there, it's going to take place. And so, therefore, Jesus, you're an authority over my life. So, Jesus, if you just say it, it will be done. Done. I believe it. No doubt. No fear. No worry. I believe it's going to take place. And here's God's response. He doesn't just go healed. Ha ha. All better. Here's what Jesus says. Jesus said, "I have not seen such great faith in all of Israel." You were standing next to Jesus, to the disciples. They're like, "Oh snap." <laughs> Jesus said it was the greatest faith he had ever seen in Israel. Because they believed his word. Now I want God to look down at Avenue Church and say, What great faith! This is the church that I can move in. Because the Bible is the ultimate authority. See, James chapter 5 says, if you lay hands on the sick, they will be healed. Isaiah 53 says, by your stripes I am healed. First Peter chapter 2 says this, by your stripes I already am healed. I was healed. I'm set free because I believe. How many believe God still does miracles? If you're new here, welcome. I think God's just doing something. God's performing miracles at Avenue Church. I'm excited what he's going to do this Easter. I'm excited what he's going to do in 2019. How many remember, we're going to punch 2019 in the throat. Come on, somebody. But you know, before I open this message, Levi said, you got to pray about it. Because he knew he was a miracle baby. We had a lot of people praying for Levi. We had miscarriages and all that. And you know our story. But when Levi was born, man, we we celebrated, man. We partied. People came into the room. Even during labor, my mother-in-law's on the other side of the door. I'm like, get out of here, you know. We were so excited. And when he was born, we took him home once they released him. I remember even driving home. That's my miracle baby. I ain't going to miss this miracle out. I drove like two miles an hour home. Like, just keep passing me. Keep passing then a couple days later he got sick became lethargic stopped eating got dehydrated we took him to a pediatrician so what's going on she did a series of tests when she came back she said take him to the er now so we're scared we're terrified put him in the car seat drive like crazy to the er In the ER, they gave him a bed just inside the ER, doing a series of tests there. We were there for 24 hours in that ER. They had to do what's called a spinal tap. And the reason why I'm deaf and I'm hard of hearing this year, I'm 60% deaf in this year, 100% deaf, and we're hearing aids. But the reason why I'm deaf is because I had spinal meningitis when I was 18 months old. When they did a spinal tap, it was just cloudy fluid that came out. So when the doctor said, we're going to do a spinal tap after poking and prodding and all these different things on my little couple days old baby, I lost it. I told that doctor, this is my reaction. I wasn't going to lay hands on him. I was going to make sure he got hurt. You know, like, God needs God needs a problem. I'm going to come on. And I was upset. I was angry. I remember that doctor looked me square in the eyes. If you're in the medical field, God bless you, man. I'm telling you. But he said, if you leave here today, your son's going to die. And I lost it, and we said, fine. So we took him up, and they rolled him on I me. Mean, I mean, a couple days old, in this humongous bed through the hallway into the elevator, up into his own room to do some more tests on him. It's about 1 a.m., and i tell you the story because I'm still believing for God to continue to do miracles so he's there in his bed and my wife and I we parked down for the evening 1am we're exhausted I remember seeing this little body there with all the stuff hooked up and this is my prayer and I wrote it down years and years ago I said Jesus this is my miracle baby I said you give and you take away but I will always bless your name I will always serve you I will always glorify you I'll always preach your word. I'll always do what I'm called to do. I'll always make a difference. But God, if you heal him, come on. And if you don't, I'll still bless your name. Because you do miracles, and you do miracles so great. There is no one else like you. I'm so glad God healed him. But here's the thing about that. We could have had a negative attitude. During that time, we were there over Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, the hotel room's awesome, okay? But we had housekeeping that would come in and go, hello, Mr. Bosma, and she would deliver coffee. She didn't have to do it, but we became friends. We had people, nurses that we would pray over in the hospital room, people that would open up to us. We got a pair of jeans called Levi jeans. We hung that on the doorknob, so they knew where he was. We made the best of the scenario that God, that only God can do. If you're here today, I believe we got to check our reaction. But we need, a, we need a holy desperation. We need to have some anticipation that God, he's going to do what he's going to do. He's going to do what he's going to do. So will you stand with me, please? I'm going to pray over you. I'm going to get close out. I want our prayer team to come forward as well. And... Just so you know, we, 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 we just don't do this. But I feel propped on our heart to have our prayer team come forward. And if you need prayer, they're going to pray with you in just a moment. But I want to pray over you today. With every head bowed, if I close, I want to be, be able to give an opportunity of really what's called the greatest miracle. And the greatest miracle is the gift of salvation. The greatest miracle is Jesus dying on the cross, resurrecting again, and going to heaven, paying the penalty of our sins. So every head bowed, every eye closed, i want to ask you just today. If you're here today and you're saying, Pastor, I came in here with no purpose, no hope. This is kind of two weeks in a row now, but I believe maybe you're here today and you gave God an ultimatum this morning or even last night. And you say, God, I'm going to go to church one more time. And God, if you don't move, if I don't feel you, if nothing happens, I'm done. And God is interrupting today to let him know, let you know that he loves you. That he's got a plan for your life. But if you're here, here today with of eye closed, and you're saying, Pastor, will you pray with me? Will you help me to take a step today? I want to take a step towards God to experience his love, his joy, and his peace, his healing in my life. With every head, if I close, I'm not going to single you out. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you forward. I will never do that. I'm just going to point at you. If you put your hand up, put it right back down. And I'm going to celebrate with you because that's new life in Jesus Christ. If that is you and you say, Pastor, we pray with me? Put a hand up, put it right back down. Real quick. Hand up. Put it right back down. Yes, 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 yes. Anyone else? Yes, yes, yes. Anyone else? Up and right back down. Yes, over there. Come on. You see all those yeses? Those are hands taking a step to say, God, be Lord of my life. And here's what we're going to do. We're all going to pray our prayer. And you know how, I, this is just us. We don't pray alone at Avenue Church. We do life together. We do things together. So everybody have about eye closed. I want everyone to say, Jesus, lift your voice. Say, I need you. Say, thank you for dying on the cross. Say, thank you for paying for what I did. So today, I receive your forgiveness. Say, be Lord of my life. Say, be number one. Say, with all my heart, the best way I know how, say, I'm gonna live for you. And so today, I give you my life. I give you everything. Say, today, I now know who I am. I'm saved, I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God. Everybody shout it. Come on.